Hey everybody, you are listening to the We Are Rising podcast, your source for all things Ryzen and JMMA, news, features, interviews with fighters, etc, etc. This is your host, Andrew Benjamin, and I am joined once again by my faithful co-host, Jay Christian Gary from Focus Fights. Hey y'all, how's everything going? <laughs> and uh, we got a uh, companion podcast, a as we call it, a shooting the ship podcast where we just talk about non most of the time non Ryzen related news. Unfortunately, though, today we will be talking about one Ryzen related news uh, involving a main event for the a recently announced main event for the Ryzen 16 show coming up this Sunday in Kobe. But we will save that for the very end. Uh, there's a ton of topics to talk about today, and I don't know where to start. Uh, Christian, do you want? Is there something that that that's, that you're aching to talk about? Well, to be quite honest with you, not really. But <laughs> we can work our way towards, you know, the main topic by just, you know, talking about what the hell else is going on. I mean, for example, have you seen the Double or Nothing show? that All Elite Wrestling ran as their first show Saturday night, May 25th. Yes, I did. I very much did. And I, I I, did enjoy, I enjoyed quite a few aspects of it. There were some other aspects I didn't enjoy. Um, I did watch it on pay-per-view. Um, the traditional pay-per-view, I should say. Um, uh, what do you think of it overall, Christian? tell you which because I don't want that person to get in trouble <laughs> but but the event was something it was like a out of body experience I mean granted yeah there was a little bit of a downside with the six woman Joshi Shioresu match but it was a fun show it basically showed the signs that you know this town ain't just big enough for a certain big fat in Stanford anymore. And by this town, I mean the entire world of professional knowing good and goddamn well that, you know, that one old man who's out of touch can't run an entire sport. You know, I mean, it's about time that, I mean, it's about time that we had some new life breathing into professional wrestling on a major professional level and not just the independence even though I love the independence especially those come out of my my particular area but yeah I think this is just I think Saturday night was like the major gun going off on the first shot of this new era of professional wrestling I think that if AEW can play the cards they're going to have some good reviews going into their television debut with Warner Media and TNT in the fall. I agree. I, I very much agree. Um, there but is... they still have to realize that when they go to TNT, it's the NBA rules. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh yes. No, no, no. Listen, nobody is going to tell the NBA, oh, we need you to, we need you to hold off, you know, because we gotta put on a pro wrestling show in Vegas. That's never gonna happen at all, and should never happen, yeah. honestly. 
especially considering the fact that the playoffs are pretty much on every night in April and May, and with March Madness, I mean, even though it's gonna, even though the first four games are on True TV, you're still gonna have a little bit of, you know, trouble trying to get your product out if you're basically doing in-house fighting competing with your other networks. Exactly, exactly. Um, but uh, you know, it was funny that they did promote the uh, Double or Nothing show on uh, on the NBA. Uh, I think it was during the Raptors game. I think it was, and uh, yeah, it was Game Six of the Raptors Buck Series, which Toronto won, of course, and they eventually went on to go to their first NBA Finals in franchise history. But yeah. When that moment came, when Marv Albert butchered Chris Jericho's name, yeah, it went viral. <laughs> but the fact of the matter is that it basically shown that AEW has officially arrived. Especially if they're being, you know, promo, I mean, if they're being promoted by one of the greatest voices in the world of professional sports. Yeah, you know, it, it's, it's very, uh... It was very. I didn't. I I don't know anything about basketball. It's like a foreign language to me, so I didn't watch the game. But it was very. Um, it was very different seeing a wrestling show not named WWE promoted on something else. Uh, it, it's been a long, long time since then. Um, exactly. Can't remember the last time that it ever had it even, you know. I'm guessing WCW must have been promoted when they were on TNT uh, during basketball games. I have to believe. So well, if I remember correctly, <clears throat> I think back in like '99 or 2000 when they were going through the revamp and the Bischoff Russo era. Hmm. I think I remember a few of the sponsor boards, you know, the little sideline advertised that are now just completely LED. Mm -hmm. I remember when, yeah, I remember when they used to have like a big <clears throat> sideline advertisement that said Nitro next on TNT or whatever. I remember seeing those and thinking, you know, maybe Turner doesn't have a lot of love for their wrestling product. Well, they now, here we are, 18 years after the end of WCW, and all signs are looking up for AEW. Uh, well, maybe there's two theories behind behind why Turner didn't initially have any uh, love. Prob I maybe I, I think at first it's possible that maybe they didn't even need to do any advertising, considering that WCW was one of their highest rated programs on their on their channel um if we're going to talk about later in wcw's tenure when they had that like the change of management when that uh time warner aol merger happened you know that's i forgot the guy's name who was running uh who took over during that merger jamie Kellner. yeah jamie Kellner was not a wrestling fan he despised wrestling he wanted he, he absolutely did not want his channel to have any wrestling and you know with the with the show losing its ratings as fast as it was and losing audiences and money, you know, that certainly, you know, it certainly didn't make it any, you know, they didn't help their cause saying that they should still be on the TNT and uh, TBS network for uh, Thunder. 
Especially considering the fact that Thunder was, I mean, Thunder was pretty much their downfall. The beginning of the end of their downfall. Oh, yes. Well, here's the thing. I always liked Thunder because it was always like, it was like this, I don't want to say non-canon, but you got to see guys who were never on, on Nitro, but guys, like, you got to see, like, some of the weirdest matchup matchups. Like, you would see, like, some Mexican luchador guy versus, I don't know, I'm just trying to think, like, a Yuji Nagata. Or Lex Luger or Yuji Nagata or even uh, uh, Scott Norton. You, you got these weird... Well, uh, I, know, I know on the uh, Super J-Cast podcast, they call them the Fire Pro Wrestling Random Matchups. That's kind of what you'd have on uh, on uh, the uh, Thundernet show. Um, I also... I, I was also... I watched it more often than Nitro. See, when, when Raw and Nitro were back-to-back, I was watching Raw most of the time. I would occasionally switch to Nitro, but Saturday night, uh, that's when uh, that's when the the, the uh, Thunder show was on, and I was usually home because I was usually well, doing. Uh, well, actually, that show went from Thursdays to Wednesdays to not try and face off against. Wait, which show was in? Which was the show? The the Saturday show then. WCW Saturday night. That was okay. Oh my god. Oh. Yeah, don't see me Saturday night. That show died out, if you remember. That show died out due to low interest. Yes, that was the one I was I was always watching like every Saturday, uh, every Saturday evening. So uh, Thunder, I occasionally uh, I I did see, but yeah, I remember I remember the switch to um I don't even I don't remember the switch. That's like how long ago like how how long ago like it was. I didn't even, I just thought it was Thursdays. It was it was always on. I didn't even remember the switch. Um, but, you know, with, with AEW, you know, hopefully, you know, I wish them the best, you know, I'll be definitely tuning in to their first episode, uh, when it airs, whenever it'll be fall or whenever, um, uh, so when that, uh, what, when we get that, you know, I'll definitely be looking forward to, uh. All elite, all elite Wrestling on the TNT Network. Yeah, true. I cannot wait for All Elite Wrestling to air on Turner Network Television, mm-hmm. a.k.a. TNT for the normal folks. But I know that a lot of NBA fans are going to be a lot happier to see one less NBA product in that players-only commentary thing that they had. Being on that, I mean, being on in a potential time slot that AEW might take Tuesdays. Mm, I see, I see. And and you know what? It is crazy because a lot of people really did hate that players only con. I mean, a lot of people really did hate that players only concept because it was like the commentators were just, just like what we're doing now, shoot pretty much, even though. It's like they were not even giving a damn about crucial moments in the game. They were just basically, you know, they were just basically talking. They were just basically chopping shop like they were at a bar or something just commentating the game mm-hmm. with a couple of friends. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Um, 
But yeah, it is going to be exciting to see AEW take over potentially that Tuesday night time slot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, you want to go on to uh, another topic to uh, talk about? Ah, yes, ah, yes. Let me, I mean, let's go ahead and cut to another topic. And speaking of the word cut, did you see Sage Northcutt get the shit knocked out of Ah, uh, yes, I did. Cosmo Alexander sent him all the way to the Shadow Realm. And very few. And a ver- well, his last name is not Alexander, it's Alexandre. But still, <laughs> Sage Northcutt got knocked the fuck back into his. I mean, Sage Northcutt got knocked out so, so goddamn bad. He thought he was in Katy, Texas for a second and not Kalang, Singapore. <laughs> yeah, I think he got a broken jaw, if I remember correctly, right? I think. I think yeah, it- a broken jaw. Fracture or something. I don't fully remember what all he had to go through in that KO since it was that damn devastating. But still, um, went through a lot on the, the injury front. Yeah, you know, here's the thing. I've always thought that Sage Northcutt was overrated as a fighter. I think he was only pushed by UFC because of, I guess. How good looking he is. When well, I s- it's not because of how good looking he is. I mean, you can be any age in the world. You can be at any age and still be good looking. I mean, look at Yoshihiro Aki. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But you know, he he was he's young. He's a uh, he's tall, blonde, muscular, ripped. Um, yeah, with movie star good looks, and not to mention, well, actually, <laughs> it was because of the fact that he was overly religious that the UFC wanted nothing to. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah, he's one of those. He's one of those, and along also with a very, um, shall we say, uh, suspect father of a, uh, shall we say, um. Living vicariously through his kids. That and also potentially dealing in steroids, apparently. Like, be on the steroid <laughs> market. Supposedly. Right, right. Um, but, listen. I don't, you know, it, uh, it's, uh, do you, I don't know if he was set up to fail, but I think that, you know, I've, I, I, I don't know how many, how many, how many more fights he's gonna have of one, but uh, I don't know. I don't. I hope the money's worth it. That's all I'm gonna say. You know, dude. Maybe that say one part of the pun and done fight for him. Uh, will it be one and done? Huh? I don't know. I think. I think. I think the. You know. Maybe he he'll get a a, a can next. You know, someone who's he can easily defeat, presumably, and then uh. Yes, either somebody from I mean, either an underdeveloped talent from a, I mean, even in what am I trying to say? An underdeveloped talent from one of the countries that one FC has already been to, or an underdeveloped talent from a part of the world that really doesn't get MMA. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um. But uh, speaking of one, um, 
Should we talk about the, I think, what the real uh, story, news is with one that just happened uh, this past week? Actually, on the same card, by the way, as well. Uh, that Enter the Dragon card. Yes. Yes, yes. The disputed loss for Giorgio Petrosian to Petrmolokart Petchendi Academy. You know, the guy that comes out to that god-awful Baby Shark song. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Turns out, turns out, Giorgio Petrosian's team got a little bit pissed, complained about the fact that yo, know, you know, he's not. I mean, Petchendi's not fighting well. He's not fighting, you know, by the book. Basically, it was a close decision, but Team Petrosian, Team Giorgio Petrosian, who. I mean, Petrosian being 99, 2-2, two, two, and 2 to win, I mean, two draws, two losses, two no contests. I mean, his team got so damn pissy that they wanted for Chatri Sikyatong, the 1FC CEO, to overturn the fight to a no contest, and that they did, unfortunately. Uh, even though it's not going to matter, even though it's not going to matter well, because... I mean, even though it's not going to upset Pet Shindy well, because he has a record of 159 wins, 34 losses, two draws, and one no contest, but I just think it shows that, and I don't want to say it, but do you think that 1FC easily caters to rigging fights? Well, I think it's quite fair to say that a lot of people were picking... Petrosian to win that and probably won as well. Um, he is one of the top kickboxing um, fighters in the world. Um, I think he's isn't he Armenian or Russian? Armenian and Italian. Okay, that's it. Yeah, he's one of the top uh, one of the top guys in the world. Um, and you know, I think that one was banking on him to win that tournament, and you know. I know, I know a lot of people have problems with commissions. I have problems with commissions, especially in New York State. Um, I, I have problems with commissions, especially in Texas. Exactly. Commissions are on foolproof. But here's the thing. You can't, it, this would be like, so when Conor McGregor and Khabib had their fights uh, last year, and when after, after Khabib won, and then Khabib did his whole thing, Doing the 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 flying drop kick or whatever, standing stomp to Dylan Dennis, and then you have the Dagestanis fighting uh, Team SBG or whatever it was. You know that would be like Dana White saying, "Oh, you know what? Because of what you did, Khabib, I'm gonna I'm gonna take away your win and do and I'm not even gonna wait for the commission to say to have a hearing. I'm gonna put I'm gonna deem it a no contest." Um, I guess you could also say that it would be like, um, presu you know, if, if Dana White ever was unhappy with, this, with any decision, he decides, I'm going to, I'm going to just rule a no contest because that's not who I want to win. I want the other guy to win. That's a or, or, you know, a perfect example of this would be that Ivan Shurtikov Antonio Silva fight. Oh, oh, was that the one where he knocked out the Russian guy and then they still ruled it a uh, 
Uh, so uh, they ruled it a uh, no, no, no. I'm not thinking. Um, which there was a fight in Russia. That was the fight between that was the fight between Fabio Maldonado and Fedor Milenko. Yes. Obviously, Fabio Maldonado lost a recent boxing bout. We'll talk about that later. But still, what I'm talking about is the fight that happened. I think back in like 2015 or 16 between Antonio Silva and Ivan Cherchikov. And I, I mean, Antonio Silva just basically beat the shit out of, you know, Shertikov, exposed his ass, and then they had the fucking nerve. I mean, then the people in Russia had the nerve to fucking call it a draw. Yeah, that, okay, I remember, I remember that now. That's when, right after he uh, left UFC, I think that was maybe his first fight right out of, right after he left UFC, Bigfoot Silva. Mm-hmm. His uh, first MMA bout, his first MMA bout away from the UFC. I don't think he's taken any MMA fight set. Mm. Yeah, that it sets a dangerous precedent what one just did. Also, the other here's the other thing that, that makes it even more dangerous. So it was Petrosian's team who apparently argued that so apparently the rules for this kickboxing tournament was that you cannot hold a, a clinch more than three seconds. Is that what is that am I to understand? I think that was what, what the... Sorry, go ahead, Christian. To be quite honest, I don't even know or care much about, you know, 1FC's rules when it comes to kickboxing. I just think they're bullshit. Yeah. I think that was the rule. It was that, that apparently uh, they uh, Petrosian's team said um, uh, uh, that, that his opponent was, go, was clinching for more than three seconds, which was against the rules previously agreed upon, and the ref did not break and did did not do anything to break up that clinch after three seconds. Mm. And so um, I apologize. How do you pronounce his opponent's name again? What's Surtikov? Surtikov. Uh, if Surtikov's uh, team, uh, they uh, his manager or um, whoever, someone on his team wrote a novel on Facebook disputing this. I'm not going to read it at all, but basically saying that they they looked at the tape. And they said no, that's bullshit. That's that's not what happened. And um, but regardless of what happened, uh, so basically what happened, Petrosian's team went to Shatri, said, "Hey, he did this." Shatri went, "Oh, okay, ruling no contest." This is apparently the second time where one has retroactively turned over a fight decision. And I, the the first fight. Uh, remember, you were talking about the first fight that this happened, Christian. Uh, what was the fight again that it happened with? The one where Ron, the first time that one turned over a fight decision, uh, it was due to uh, I think it was they they deemed illegal soccer kicks or something. Uh, oh yeah, I think I remember. I think I remember what you were talking about. I think it was like a Tim Sylvia fight or something. But still, it's bullshit how they basically you know disqualify fighters now for not only soccer kicking people, but suplexing people as well. You're not supposed I mean, in the 1FC Global MMA rule set, you're not supposed to suplex somebody for fear of for fear of paralysis on the back of their head. Actually, I'm sorry, I stand corrected. It was a suplex that they deemed illegal. Not a yes. not soccer kicks. 
Um, Okay, yeah, yeah. So, okay, this was this was a fight between Christian Lee, who on that, I think on that same card that we're talking about, defeated uh, Shinya Aoki to get the lightweight title. Um, and then uh, this was a fight against Edward Kelly. And they uh, apparently one said that this was a was they ruled it and and. And it was an ex. He executed an illegal suplex onto the head of his opponent. Um, yeah. And these and apparently one's rule. Sorry, go ahead. Also, the same went for Kritsada Kongsiri Chai in oh. his bout. Oh, never mind. So they oh, did. Like six months early. Oh wow! So they've no, done this three times. That was yeah. That was six months early. March twenty eighteen and. The Christian Lee suplex disqualification was in September. Wow, okay, so if this is the third time. Yeah, I'm sorry. Bullshit. No, you don't do that. Listen, I would be I would be not happy if one, uh, not one, if Ryzen did that. I would call them out and say, you're fucking stupid and wrong for doing that. They did, if they did that during a 10, any, if a 10 should have lost a kickboxing match, if he loses... You know, if he lost a kickboxing match uh, against the uh, against the Filipino guy that he fought the last show, and they they ruled no contest for a stupid reason, I would absolutely say no. Fuck you. He lost fair and square. Too bad. Sad day for you. No, you don't. One doesn't get to decide a fight's outcome. The, 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 listen, no no MMA promotion ever should should do that. That's what the commissions are there for, and I know that the commissions aren't foolproof, or, or that you know they they got a lot of issues that they need to be worked out, and it's probably even worse for the international commissions. But you don't. That's no, no, you don't allow that at all. No, that's total bullshit. Well, in the case of One MC, they basically feel that oh, we're powerful, we're all. They basically feel like they're so damn powerful and so damn important that they override the commissions. That they are their own commission, basically. Yeah. No. Sorry. I mean, why do you think that they have these fucking global rules? Yeah, I know. It's it you you can't do that. It's 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 bad. I know that one has a lot of fans who will defend a lot of what they do. And unfortunately and here's the thing. I, I, I really enjoyed the, the, the show that they had in Tokyo uh, this year. I thought it was a great show. But I have to call them on such bullshit that, that this is the third time this has happened. And you know what? I, I guarantee you, may not ha- may not happen uh, this year, but it's going to happen again. You know, and I don't even, you know, it could be, yeah, you know what? If that Brandon Vera on uh, one song fight, you know something goes fishy with it, and you're like, "Oh, you know what? Brandon Vera may have uh, knocked uh, knocked out on one song, but he unfortunately, you know, he went for a soccer kick, you know, or something. That 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 high kick he went for uh, looked too much like a soccer kick, you know. It's, it's it's not good. It's not good at all. Really, really bad. Really, really, really stupid. I hope Ryzen. I hope Ryzen never does that ever. I I I'm gonna, I would trust they would never do that ever. Exactly. Uh, but it re, regarding uh, regarding that, 
There's also some sad news on the uh, on the MMA job front. Unfortunately, a bunch of fighters just lost their jobs from UFC. Ah, uh, uh, yes. Marcelo Gom, Justin Big Pretty Willis, Wilson Hayes. Uh, let's see, who else? Who else? Jessica Jag Aguilar, Jordan Renault. I mean, basically, there's been a shit ton of fighters that have said, I mean, that have basically, uh, there's been a shit ton of fighters that have received their pink slips, especially in the last two weeks. Sorry, Christian, is, is the Willis one still confirmed or not? Because he de- he's denying it, but UFC is saying that it's true. I have no idea what this what to think about that. Is, that a, is it confirmed that he was actually released? I mean, he's basically saying that it's not the truth. I mean, I have to say it. Even though he's saying it's not true, whatever the UFC says goes. If he's not on the roster anymore, well, he's not on the roster anymore. Hmm. I, that's really strange that that he's denying his uh his, his own release. You know, maybe it's a case of of those things where like, oh, we're they they're 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 FedExing his uh his things, but they just haven't arrived yet. They're doing the old WCW yeah, method. Basically, they're giving him the old stunning Steve Austin, Ricky Steamboat. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, who else? Uh, uh, uh well, the, probably the biggest name was is Elias Theodoro from Canada. Let's see. Also, let's see. I'm trying to see who else. Oh, and also Eric Shelton as well. Um, and this was all. Eric Shelton, Shelton. And this. Exactly. Yeah. And also uh, Theodoro, a uh, Ultimate Fire winner as well. Um, uh, but uh, this was all reported by uh, Combate.com, a Brazilian MMA website. But um, here's a little game I want to play with these uh, gentlemen. That uh, got their release. And we'll also include Justin Willis in it as well. Um, until we hear otherwise. But I wanted to say... Well, if, actually, we are also going to play that game with Jordan Rinaldi and Jessica Aguilar as well. Because they were released over the last couple of Ah, years. yes. Forgot the... Yeah. Forgot that. Jessica Aguilar, especially her. Okay. So, yeah. I wanted... You know, I think I want to play a game. If these were... were we're going to see where you think their careers are going to go. And if you think they are rising worthy. So, I'm going to start from... Um, I'm going to start from the bottom up. Uh, the most... From the farthest back. Let's start with Jessica Aguilar. Uh, who was in the... I think she was in the straw weight division in UFC. Yeah. She was in the women's straw weight division in the UFC after conquering, well actually after being the only World Series of Fighting Women's Strawweight World Champion and defending her title twice, one of those times was against Emmy Fujino, the Kamikaze Angel. Yes, and, and, and also she's a Bellator veteran as well. 
No stranger. And was a booker for Titan FC for the women's division. She's no stranger to uh, Japanese MMA because she did have uh, a little bit of a career there as well, I believe. Um, yeah, and she was the, and she is the foreign-born fighter. Hell, the only fighter in general to ever defeat Megumi Fuji, the legendary Mega Megu Megumi Fuji, on both sides of the Pacific. Both the U.S. and Japan. Yeah. Um. So I want is what do you think happens with her, Jessica Aguilar, after uh, getting released from the UFC? Well, she's saying that she wants to be a late notice replacement on the Mexico City card in September, which is going to take place. I mean, it's probably going to air on ESPN Plus because of the fact that ESPN and ABC desperately want to put football as the main topic during that month, September. To be quite honest, she's saying that she wants to be a part of the comeback ship. No, she's saying that she wants to be a part of the UFC's car in Mexico City. I mean, why can't you know, potentially time with some back to America or rising. Well, you know, I think I think it's pretty easy to say. I think she's rising worthy. Given her history in Japan, she has a very good record. I know she didn't do too well recently, but you know what? The 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 strawweight division is very, very stacked in UFC, I have to say. Strawweight division rising, not so much. Not so much at all. And they definitely could benefit from having her on their roster, I think. Um, and you know what? Well, they and Kabachi Americas, but only for the experience factor. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I know the last person they had, uh, uh, you know, Saray Orozoko, they unfortunately uh, did not uh, go as well. Um, but hopefully, uh, the uh, Aguilar being also Mex from Mexico would have a better luck than her fellow Mexican fighter uh, in Ryzen. She was, well, Aguilar was born in Mexico, raised here in the Houston area, and graduated high school from Houston, then lived in Florida full-time, obviously, now. But still, I wouldn't mind seeing Jessica Aguilar compete for either Combatche Americas, Ryzen, or maybe Titan FC, where she books fights for their women's division. I mean, if it's just for one-off or what have you, or hell, maybe she can go to Invicta and complete her career. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. Invicta definitely would. I'm pretty sure she's gotten a few offers, and you know what? I'm leaving the bet. I bet Bare Knuckle FC. Uh, or one of those bare knuckle promotions even has even called her because that's the whole thing now. If you're if you're released UFC fire, you get a call from bare knuckle. That's how it goes now. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's also if you have like striking power too. Oh yeah, I know that. I mean, even though yeah, we have to agree that Polly Malinowski she ain't the best knockout puncher in the world. I mean, look at his fucking record. <laughs> but you have to have some strong hands in order to be. A Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, what was the other name that was released uh, the same week she was? Christian, I forgot. The same day? No, the same... Oh, the, the, Jordan Rinaldi. 
Jordan Rinaldi. Okay. So, tell me about him. Was he a good wrestler? I know he was a wrestler. But, like, in terms of fighter, was he a good fighter in UFC? <laughs> but still, he started off his—he started off his career after, you know, a one-off on the Ultimate Fighter. I mean, he started off his UFC career after a one-off on the Ultimate Fighter, and ended up. And I'm trying to scroll down a little bit just to see what I posted on the MMA opinion about it. Please give me a second. <laughs> but still. I'm not trying to say he was a bad fighter or a good fighter, but he was pretty average. I mean, I mean, there's no easy way to say. There's no easier way to say that he was like. Uh, but still, Jordan Rinaldi had a great training camp behind him. He was trained by a BJJ black belt in Sergio Pinha. And let's see, uh, do, 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 to find it. But still, he was trained by a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, Sergio Pinha. He was, you know, well-respected fighting out New York State, Orlean, New York, if you even know what that is. No idea. I'm going to guess it's upstate. Orlean, New York. Sounds like it's upstate, but probably nowhere near where I live in New York. Tournament that they have for a million dollars. 
I have no disagreement at all. Um, he is certainly not rising worthy in my eyes. Uh, he seems like a, the type of guy who needs to go someplace else, get a few wins, and show that that he's a he's not an average fighter. Being an average fighter now ain't gonna cut it in my personal in my eyes. Um, and uh, yeah, you know PFL. I'm not saying that PFL hires you know average fighters, but you know, PFL at least you know it's a new environment. Uh, you get you get to be in a tournament. You get to fight multiple people. Uh, if you go on and win enough fights, so it's a good it's a good way to well, show. You get to fight for a cool million dollars, which is something that ain't really getting passed out a lot these days. Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, I don't I don't see how he would he would be um a an asset to Ryzen or another JMMA promotion to tell you the truth. Um, especially when you're average. You know, here's the thing though, I when when Damian Brown got released and whether the talk of him were coming to Ryzen was was popping up, I was like I don't think he'd do good in Ryzen. And you know what? I was wrong on that. So, you know, guess what? You know, I could be wrong on it, if, you know, Ryzen might see something in him that I don't. But on the surface right now, it's just yeah, he needs to go someplace else to to get some wins back and just show that he's just not your your run the mill fighter that you know yeah just just i mean i think that he needs to go to either the lfa i mean i think he needs to go to the lfa or wait pfl call mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um let's see who else shall we show let's go on to eric showtime shelton <laughs> eric showtime shelton a native of southern illinois I mean, obviously, yeah, he didn't come into the Ultimate Fighter Season 24 with a lot of hype, but obviously, considering the fact that it was an all-champion season, you have to have something. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, at least he came in with a, bit of an edge, with a bit of an edge, is what I'm trying to fucking say. But, still. So, I'm just curious, I want to ask, is he, was he cut... Not so much because of the record, because but because he was a flyweight fighter. I don't think it was because of the fact that he was flyweight. He fought more recently at bantamweight. Oh, uh, okay, okay, because you know he he his mo most of his fights were at flyweight. So you know if he did if he if, if somebody it wouldn't be surprising if he was cut because he was a former flyweight fighter, but uh. Nonetheless, uh, you want to get the deep. I don't know. I don't know, dude. I, I think it's not because of the purge of flyweight that's about to happen. Oh, yeah. Fuck, you're right. He did fight at flyweight in the UFC. As a matter of fact, in the five fights he had, I mean, in the six fights he had in the UFC, which he went two and four inside the octagon, all six of his fights ended in way of decision, by the way. <laughs> not good. Not good. Yeah, no shit, pal. <laughs> all six of his fights ended by way of decision, and all six of those fights, he was a flyweight competitor, so damn. <laughs> it may or may not be because of the flyweight purge, but all I know is that he... I mean, he's... 
He was the Cage Degression Flyweight Champion going into the Ultimate Fighter Season 24. So, if that promotion is still around, Cage Degression, he probably might have a one-off before potentially either fighting in the LFA or, you know, probably fighting for either Russian blood money in ACA or fighting... Probably, I don't know, because 1FC is not going to get all the flyweights that the UFC has departed, and neither has, I mean, neither will Ryzen. Mm, here's the thing, just by the mere fact that he's a flyweight, he already has an advantage to get, to get something in Japan, you know, because, you know, you got, you got those smaller weight classes, and they're always trying to find people for those smaller weight classes, and, uh, you know... Wouldn't surprise me if he did, you know, got got a chance with a um, with a with a Japanese promotion just based on the fact that he's fought a flyweight and also bantamweight as well. Um, but uh, whether he's deserving of it, in my eyes, no, obviously not. Um, I would say go to PFL, but they don't have a fly uh, a flyweight or bantamweight division. Um, I don't know. What do you say about somebody who's all of his fights went to decision in the UFC? And, like, I don't know what to say. All I gotta say for him is to go to Legacy FA. Start from back from the bottom of the ladder and climb back up? Yeah, you know, yeah. sometimes you gotta do that. Sometimes, you know, you gotta, what, what is it? You gotta, you gotta get kicked, you gotta be pushed off the ladder to climb back up or something like that, you know? Yeah. Um, that should be how Considering the fact that Cage Degression MMA has two events coming up in late August, I wouldn't be surprised if he makes uh, one off at one of those shows to defend his flyweight title for that promotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, um, you just, you know, I hope that somebody like him, because I'm looking at his record, you know, he started off with a lot of finishes, but, you know, he once he got to UFC, you know, he was one of those guys who just became a decision guy or lost because of decision. So, mm-hmm. and, th- and he's a one fight veteran of the LFA, so I think he would probably go to the Legacy Fighting Alliance. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Did, I mean, in a way, he would. In a way, he is gonna have to, you know, work his way up from the bottom. Exactly. Exactly. Now, what about Marcello Golm? Oh, Marcello Golm. Uh, let's see. I mean, all I know is the dude was a not a healthy heavyweight, but he was a heavyweight that was not really worth watching, but it was what, but he was worth being interested over. He's six and three overall. Nine fights into his MMA career. So, basically, he got into the UFC a little... I don't want to say a little young into his MMA career, but still, the dude basically got into the MMA... The dude basically got into the UFC while he was still trying to get his wits together. He went 1-3 inside the octagon with a rear-naked choke victory over Christian Colombo. 
and then went three straight loss. I mean, then fought in three straight L's. Timothy Johnson or John Singh Bluhar and Sergey Pavlovich. Uh, but still, the dude is pretty damn young into his MMA career. Into his MMA career, and considering the fact that a lot of Russian promoters love seeing big Brazilian names on their cards, or just Brazilian names in general, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Marcelo Gomes, if not fighting in his home country of Brazil, maybe fighting for Russian blood money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll be honest, for the few, I can't remember that, you know, I even though I don't watch as much UFC as I used to, I still hear about the fighters and you hear about names. I can't even recall this guy. Like, whatever, when he fought in UFC at all. And this is pretty. Well, he went one and three inside the octagon. But that's he, all you need. Oh, yeah, that's, that is all I need to know. And, but. And it's really sad for a native of Sao Paulo to go even without. A win, a signature win in the UFC, considering mm-hmm. the amount of Brazilians that the UFC has under contract. Mm-hmm. But, you know, here's the thing. His big advantage today is the heavyweight. And like you said, Russian promotions, blood promotions want that heavyweight. Um, and so the thing is that being a heavyweight is a great advantage because people are going to want you no matter where you go. Ryzen needs heavyweights. Other JMA promotions, Road SC, PFL next season, or maybe even an, as an alternate if somebody gets injured, Bellator. So I, you know, where I think he should go. You know, he's twenty six years old. Um, so he's still young. You know, he basically, he, honestly, he probably has 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 as much choice as possible with a um. With a promotion, I'm pretty sure that he'll. I think I'm pretty sure that he's gonna get signed to something eventually. Um, but you know, the six and three record, last three being being losses with a uh, round one uh, knockout. You know, do I dare say that he should go uh, back to Brazil? You know, see if uh, Jungle Fights can uh, book him for something. Either them or Future FC. Yeah. Because yeah. those are the only, well, I don't want to say that Jungle Fights is popping off too much. The only two promotions that are really popping off are, you know, as far as MMA, Shudo Blasfield and Future FC, the latter of whom does commentary in three languages, English, Spanish, and Portuguese. Well, I guess if, 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 if I guess there was um, a, uh, I guess you could say, uh, I don't know. What about Combates America? Yeah, Combate America. That would be a good choice, but I don't know because, you know, Combate America, they don't really focus on their heavyweight division as much as they do the lighter weight class. Exactly. Especially yeah. for the men and the women. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, might just have to go back to Brazil. I don't, I personally. You know, I can't honestly say, you know, I've seen any of his fights or even recall him being UFC, but from what I'm being, what I'm seeing, I don't think Ryzen worthy, even as a heavyweight. You know, you gotta be a special heavyweight, in my opinion, to be in Ryzen. Um, 
Now we're going to go on to some of the more uh, well-known names uh, other than Jessica Aguilar. Let's go on to Wilson Hayes. Wilson Hayes, the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu wonder kid uh, who is in the flyweight division of UFC. Wilson Hayes, you mean? Wilson Hayes, excuse me, yes. Wilson Hayes. Hayes, Hayes. I mean, I don't know if Wilson, I mean, obviously, he's a 33-fight veteran. He's fought a few times in the UFC. Basically, he's a veteran of the long call. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he's a native of Sao Paulo. He fights out of Philadelphia. He's a flyweight, obviously. I mean, it's not because of the purge or anything. I mean, he's been fighting in the UF. He was fighting in the UFC since September the twenty-third. But the dude, he's a long-time MMA veteran and obviously a former UFC flyweight title challenger. So to see him get cut is a fucking shame. And also, he's a oh, he is a veteran of. Bellator as well, surprisingly, and the former Elite XC featherweight champion. So, to be honest, this is kind of a little bit of a toss-up for him, because I don't know where he would be best suited for fighting, maybe in 1FC, who knows. But I do think that for him, I mean, even though, yeah, he's a flyweight fighting as a bantamweight. No, he's a bantamweight fighting as a flyweight, especially over the last, uh, especially over the last five years, he's been fighting as he's been fighting as a flyweight. I don't know. I think that for Wilson Hayes, I think for him, the best choices would be either Bellator. Or the UFC, or maybe Horizon. Well, hold on. You mean getting uh, resigned with the UFC? You mean? No, wait. Actually, no, 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 no. Shit, shit, shit. Let me, let me rephrase. I meant to say either he's best suited for Bellator, One FC, or Horizon. Ah. Horizon and One FC potentially vying for an opportunity to have him on their roster. I because see. Of course, Bellator doesn't have a flyweight division. Exactly, exactly. Um, so with that, you know, I think, you know, I've seen, uh, I've seen him fight. I've seen, I saw his fight against DJ, where DJ tapped him out. No surprise. I saw his fight against Olka Zazaki, which was actually uh, in my neighborhood of uh, Brooklyn at the Barclays. Olka uh, uh, Zazaki now of uh, Ryzen, and he did, uh, uh, Wilson did defeat him. And, um, I've seen a, a, a bunch of his other fights. And, um, but it's, um, I think also he's going to have a case where he can maybe, is he, I think he might be JMMA Ryzen worthy because, again, Ryzen's going to need people for flyweight or bantamweight. Or if they even want to, heck, featherweight. If he, so decides to go that route. Um, I can see, you know, to me, he's a fighter who's, who, you know, I know he wasn't doing too well recently, but I think you can at least make a, a, 
an argument that he does have a good record overall and he can be a fun fighter to watch. Uh, I know a few of his fights have not been too exciting, but when he when he can, you know, make it known that, you know, hey, we do it differently here in Japan. This isn't UFC, you know. Don't don't fight for the judges. Fight for the audience. Um, because if you fight like you, if you fight like you're worth the damn, you will get fought. Exactly. So definitely, I th I think he could definitely, if Ryzen wanted to bring him in for like one fight, they could definitely do that. You know, or you know what? Since they did have Ben win, uh, this year, have Horiguchi versus. Um, hey, it's in a uh, non-title match, potentially, if you want to. Huh. Actually, you know what's funny? I just realized, sorry. Um, not only did he defeat Okazaki, he also defeated uh, Ben Wynn. Uh, hey, yes. So, two Ryzen guys he's defeated. So, if you, you even... Know, he would be suitable to fight in Ryzen. I do think so. I do think he would be suitable to fight in Ryzen. Or also Bellator. I think he is... I think he can have... I think as a fight, you know, he's got the history with the, uh, with the Pitbull brothers, um, or at least one of them, I think. So, you know, and it's been a while since he... Yeah, he fought one time against Patricio Pitbull, Bellator 18, 2010. And, you know, I think that was when, um, when, uh, Bellator was, was run, when they were doing the tournaments. They weren't, you know, and Bjorn Rebney was running it, and Scott Coker was... Yeah, the so-called toughest tournament in sport. Exactly. So, you know, I think, I, I, I don't think, I think he has a lot of, I think he should have a lot of options. Oh, wait, actually, actually, sorry to interrupt, even though it's kind of my thing, <laughs> but Wilson Hayes fought Patricio Pitbull twice. Okay. Both of those were losses. The okay. one in 2010 at Bellator 18 was via decision. The one at Bellator 41 in 2011 was a knockout loss. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And okay. Well, so he has history against Eduardo Dudu Danta, which was his last Bellator fight, Bellator 51, a second round TKO. I see, I see. Okay, so uh, yeah, you know, I think he, I think he can definitely, I, I, he should definitely, hopefully get options. You know, being just released, and hopefully he'll pick the one that suits him best. Now, the one that I'm curious to hear what you think should happen to Elias. Theodoro from Canada. Yeah, Elias, the Spartan Theodoro, the main event. The supposed ring card guy for Invicta, who even if he isn't, I mean, even though he is fired from the US, you're still going to see his ass on the fight pass. Mm -hmm. Well, not so much literally. Who the fuck would want to see that shit, huh? But figuratively, mm -hmm. because he's probably going to be at, because he's probably going to have a lot of free time to be at all the Invicta events. He's going to be at the press features. He's going to be at the weigh-ins just to be eye candy next to Shannon Knapp. <laughs> he's probably going to enjoy a lot of those privileges that Invicta will hand to him. Now, what's... You want you want to give the uh, his his uh, his UFC or like his MMA stats because you know he was cut under very 
I know, very, I don't want to say uh, suspect, but very odd circumstances, a lot of people said. He was 8-3 and three in the offseason. I don't see why the hell he got cut. I mean, even though, yeah, it sucks because all of his fights, all, all of his fights that he won in the UFC, with the exception of the, with the exception of two fights he won in the UFC, which were via knockouts, to Sheldon Westcott and Roger Navarez, both in the second round, both via punches, one via elbows against Westcott. All of his wins in the octagon were via decision, as well as his three losses. So it's just sad. I mean, it's sad to think that people don't think that this guy is an exciting fighter. Well, is that on him mostly? Because I have seen him fight, and it's real. He's like, he fights. It's like he doesn't fight to to win, but to win a, a win a win to win a thirty twenty seven. I guess you could say. And when he's not, and he does these weird, strange things in the octagon, and you know the the one that went viral was a recent fight with Derek Brunson, where he's trying to do a Showtime kick, and it's just, it's like. What are you doing? You're not even trying. Why are you doing this? So. And to think Derek Brunson had to come out of retirement for that. Yeah. Um. It's a it's a case of what should entertainment matter or should wins and rankings matter? And it's a very interesting question. And I think it says a lot about the UFC when BJ Penn. Is on a seven-fight losing streak, and then Elias Theodoro loses one fight, overall eight and three, and gets cut. So I'm not so sure where I stand on UFC's end because there is there ha- there is has to be an understanding of you can only go so far, but it you, I, I I can I can see UFC's argument, and I can see people who are like. Who want to be who want to be one percent sports like and that rankings and wins should matter. But the problem is also if the wins, if those wins are just not are just not doing it. They're just they're not. They're, you're not making compelling case as a fighter. You're just winning points. Then it kind of I can understand why UFC is like this guy's is doing nothing for us. It's just. He's just he's just he's just an extra he's just an, a a person on the roster who just who's just scoring points on on a judge's roster on a judge's card. It's a it's it's very hard you know I want I do see both sides why it would be why, why I can see definitely going both ways. I can understand both sides of the argument, but the question is, other than Invicta, which like you said we'll probably see him in, what do you think will happen to him after? Do you think he'll Get a chance in Bellator, like many other UFC guys have. Do you think he's Ryzen worthy or even JMMA worthy? What do you think, Christian? Well, he's not JMMA worthy. I'm sorry. To say. Absolutely, he's I agree. One MC worthy because they'll probably want him to focus on their. So I think that the main thing for him, the main thing for him would be to be in Bellator. I mean, I mean, even though he fought one time in Bellator, which was a 
Yeah, you know, yeah. Bel... Sorry, sorry, go ahead. No, nah, no, nah, you go ahead. I'll, I'll just sniffle a bit. Okay, I was just going to say, you know what? Bellator might, you know, it might be the safest bet. Because if he goes, if he were to go to Ryzen, if Ryzen said, hey, we want you to fight... Okay, so let's see. Um, middleweight. Uh, uh, a Ryzen middleweight fighter. I'm trying to think of uh, who who you could put... That's the thing is, I'm like, I was like, oh, okay, rising middleweight. Hmm. Who's who? I mean, I'm just saying, they don't really have a middleweight roster. They barely have rosters for the lighter weight division and the heavyweight division. Die loot when Kokov retired and when Amiri Akbar left for ACA. Exactly. Yeah. So, okay, let's well, okay, let's assume that maybe he went up to uh to to light heavyweight. Okay. Let's just say he went up to light heavyweight and uh, he fought uh, Carl Albrechtson. Um, and he did exactly what he did in UFC during that match. It would not fly. Uh-uh. That ain't fine there. But if he were to do that in Ryzen, would you basically say he'd be the second coming of a Carlo? Of, sorry, of a who? Would you basically say that if he were to give a fantastic performance against Carl Albrechtson in a rising ring, that he would be like the second coming of Carlos Newton? If it, if it, if it was exciting, yeah, sure, you know what? By all means, but I'm going by how I saw him fight in UFC. I'm just like, mm, from what I see, you just don't have it, you know. Bellator is the safest option. You'll probably get a nice paycheck. You know, you could be the opening on the main card, you know, and work your way up that way. You know what? You'll probably have the flashiest entrance, too, because all you'll hear is nothing but horses playing in the background. Exactly. Him coming out to, like, I mean, him coming out to, like, Thunderfoot or something. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But with that... I know we were not talking a lot about Ryzen directly. We now do have to talk about Ryzen directly. Well, actually, actually, I forgot. There's oh. two more people we gotta talk about when it comes down to the release list. Oh do yes, I'm sorry, I forgot about those two guys. Yes. Yeah. Do you want to talk about Abel Trujillo first or Brian Caraway? Oh wow, when was Abel Trujillo? Uh, I didn't even know. I know that Brian Caraway was just recently released. Um. Uh, is he, isn't he, uh, didn't he break up of, um, Misha Tate? I don't know. I don't think he did. I know that he's still legally married to her. I thought Ever they... since Misha Tate went to 1FC, it's been hard for the two to see. Hmm, I thought they, I thought they broke up. Huh. Yeah, you might have to search about that, but still... All I know is about Abel Trujillo and Brian Caraway is that these two are supposed to be fighting on an upcoming card 
launched in South Korea for a disputed promotion in Battlefield FC, who has gone all the way out when it comes down to getting these big foreign names on their second card, knowing damn well that their first card was so god-awful that they didn't, that, that half the competitors, that all of the competitors actually didn't even get until a year later. Exactly, exactly, yeah. Uh, he's, it was supposed to be against Will Brooks, right? I think? Yeah, Abel Chihilo is facing off against Ill Will Brooks, and Brian Calway is facing off against Raja Keith. Oh, just to let you know as well, they did break up last year, uh, Brian Calway oh. and Mitch Tate. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, yes. I will always remember Brian Calway as a guy who fish-hooked... Um, I remember who it was he fought, uh, but he fish hooked one opponent when he was trying to get a, like a, a rear naked choke, and for some reason it was not this disqualification. Do you remember that? It was a UFC fight, and he fish hooked his opponent's mouth. Oh yeah, he fish hooked. He fish hooked Eric Perez. Uh, yep. Um, while going for a rear naked choke, and then actually happened to get the rear naked choke in. So, uh, yep, that uh, he did do that. That's how I remember him. I was just like, how do you get away with that? How the fuck do you get away with that? Um, with him though, you know, he's he does have a little bit of a name value. Um, I know he doesn't have he. He doesn't have the most, I guess, interesting record, I guess you could say. But, um, sounds like he's already off to, uh, uh Battlefield FC. Uh, I'm presuming that that's, uh, that's legit, you know. Yeah, and presuming that they're actually gonna pay their fighters well this time. <laughs> well, that's too. Whether he's rising worthy or not, you know, as a Bantamweight, you know, Ryzen can always use Bantamweights, but I don't think he is a, uh, I don't think he is a rising worthy fighter. Bellator could definitely use him, probably. I think. I don't think he's gonna go to one FC though. <laughs> Given that, uh. Yeah. Uh, of course he's not gonna go to one FC because he doesn't wanna. I mean, I'm pretty sure Misha Tate doesn't wanna see him again. I don't know if it was a bad breakup or 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 a mutual understanding breakup. Regardless, I don't think that I. But I don't think you know that would it would be too awkward. I, in my personal eyes. Uh, but, um, I didn't, Abel Tru, Trujillo, I didn't even know that he was released. When was this announced? Um, to be honest, it was probably announced quietly, because I didn't even see anything about the fact that he was released. I think he just let his contract expire. Ah, okay. Um, he's with the, uh, Black Zillions, I believe, right? Who, uh, gotta say, Black Zillions have not had a lot of success in recent years. Been very, very up and down. Well, mostly down for the once great team of Black Zillions. But, Abel Trujillo, he was one of those guys who I always remember being in UFC. I think he was in the, I believe he was in the lightweight division. And he was just always, I felt like he was there forever. Like, 
he had to be there for a long ass time. Um, yeah, but if you think about it, this was a dude who no. To coin a phrase from NFL commentator Chris Collinsworth, here's a guy <laughs> who fought off the mean streets of Miami. Here's a guy who's basically, I mean, he's basically more street than pavement, so to speak. Yeah, he is. But still, the fact that he's managed to, the fact that he's even managed to fight in the UFC with such longevity and then get cut is amazing, but it's still sad considering the fact you know, Trujillo, Trujillo is an MMA vet. I mean, at this point, he should be fighting for legend status. He should be, he should have been a world champion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's sad that they don't go. I mean, if they, they do, if they don't end up re-signing him, the same thing goes for, I mean, if he doesn't get re-signed to a new contract or if, he nor Jessica Aguilar get signed up to fight on a future card. That's a fucking shame, but still. Well, here's the other thing. That? Here's the thing as well. He's been convicted of, of, of domestic abuse twice. So, oh. he might not even be eligible for Japan. If, if, if he is, oh. that's a felony charge. So. Of course he's not going to be eligible for Japan because, well, obviously, I know he's a street fighter, but come on. You just can't bounce in the public light from a, from assaulting a woman. Yep. Um. So, you know, fuck him. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. Let's get. But still, though, I understand he's a criminal. We shouldn't really give him the benefit of the doubt. But still, I mean, you have to think there'd be somewhere for him to fight, right? Maybe Bellator. Maybe Kombate America? Uh, probably, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Kombate picked him up or, you know, yeah, even Bellator. But even Bell, here's the problem with Bellator as well. Bellator also, they want they, they want to pick and choose their former UFC fighters. They don't want to just, if they if they just just hire every UFC, p- former UFC fighter, then it's going to be like TNA hiring every person who worked for WWE uh, just because they worked for WWE. Uh, Abel Trujillo, you know, to me... It's funny because, like I said, he's, I felt like he's in USC forever, but you know what? I can't remember a fight of his. So that tells me that he didn't really have anything memorable, uh, or at least that I can recall. That's not a, you know, you c- I can remember a lot of fights from, from USC, but for some reason I can't recall any of his. And I think, I you know, he might be just one of those... Guys, who's just a guy? He's just a fighter. And well, let me go ahead and give you a brief breakdown. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to fight in his second UFC fight against Dirty Bird Tim Means, but he knocked himself out. He was a part of Khabib. He was a part of Khabib Nurmagomedov's murder, death, kill train. As far as Khabib's run to the title, he lost the incision. Mm-hmm. I mean, Trujillo lost via decision. He fought Roger Bowling twice. He knocked out Jamie Varner. He lost to Tony Ferguson via submission. He defeated Gleason Tebow, but that was via a failed drug test for some odd-ass reason. 
He defeated Jordan Rinaldi. He lost to James Vick via the arch choke. And he lost more recently back on December 16th of 2017 to John DeBull McDessie. Mm-hmm. So his upcoming fight against Ill Will Brooks will be the first time in a little over 18 months that anybody will see him. I mean, I hope that the Battlefield FC card gets shown. Well, you can, you can hope as much as you want, you know. That's going to be one of those things where it won't be shown unless it's actually shown. <laughs> but, yeah, the result won't come up unless it's actually there. Exactly. And I'm sorry, we actually almost forgot one name. Um, well, the, la- the last name. Justin Willis. Oh, yes. Big Pretty. The Inoki Genome Federation veteran, Justin Willis. Justin Big Titty Willis, right? He also goes by? No, 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 no. Come on, man. I mean, the dude's trying to work real hard to get rid of that figure. <laughs> but still, he's a veteran of the Inoki Gene. He's the one-fight veteran of the Inoki Gene. No, he's actually, he's a two-fight veteran of the Inoki Genome Federation, knocking out Yusuke Crusher Kawaguchi, beating Rizban Kuni via majority decision and he knocked out Juliano Coquimbo in the second round of WSOM 31 but it said to me that his career in the UFC he went 4-1 and one and now oh, he's gone are you kidding me? Hmm. And you know the crazy thing he, he only has 10 fights on his entire career and still made it to UFC pretty early yeah. um, and still has a Impressive record in the UFC. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, you know, it's funny that uh, he also he, he did work with uh, WSOF. You know what? I easily see him going into PFL. Um, either as an alternate for the heavyweight division or maybe even for PFL 3 for the next season. Um, he did fight in Japan, so... Yeah. You know, he did... Fu- mean, he can't fight in Japan. He can fight in Japan off the back of that knockout for Yusuke. I mean, off the back of that knockout of Yusuke Kawaguchi, but it would have to be in deep for right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, mean, I would love to see him have a scrap with Rocky Martinez for the Megaton title. That would be something incredible, huh? Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know what? If he wants to still be big titty, you know what? If Ryzen wanted to say, hey. We're going to have an overweight division. Want to join? I'm sure Big Titty would absolutely be able to fit right in it. Um, so, uh, you know what? It's He has a, uh, you know, it's, he could probably, you know what? I don't even know if he, if he could go to Bellator, but you know what? It's funny. Just given his history of Ryzen, well, excuse me, not Ryzen, Pan, I could easily see him being brought back to Japan. Not even for Ryzen. But maybe even for like deep, as you said, um, even one. I, I wouldn't even be surprised if one tried to make a play for him after. Or come to think of it, there's one other place you can go down to, Island Fights in Florida. I mean, he could potentially fight it. I mean, he could potentially have that fight against Chris Huggy Bear Barnett that was supposed to happen in June of 2016, but instead Justin Willis knocked out Juliano Coutinho. Mm-hmm. I would love to see those 
two crazy motherfuckers fight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, with that, do you want to go on to the main event, Christian, of what we've got to talk about? Yes. The main event of what was supposed to be our Rising Podcast review last night as May 26th. Now May 27th as we're recording this, but still, you gotta love those double crossings. And around this time last night, we were all wondering who was Tenshi Nasukawa's opponent gonna be. We, I mean, I thought it was gonna be Giannis Gusta, but instead, the International Sport Kickboxing Association and the Rising Fighting Federation announced as of about 18 hours ago. That Tenshin Asukawa, Shindo Tenshin Asukawa, will face off against La Nuas Argentina native Martin El Caleto Blanco, who's 8 and 1 with 3 knockouts, and is the current International Sport Kickboxing Federation World Phantomweight Champion. He will be facing off against Tenshin Asukawa in the supposed main event of Ryzen 16, but he now vacant. ISKA featherweight world championship, which is 125 pounds or 57 kilos, like in boxing. So I gotta ask Andrew, what are your thoughts? Uh, the thoughts. Uh, okay. Uh, before we do that, let's go into the particulars. Tension, 30 and 0 in kickboxing, if I'm correct, right? Actually, 31 and 0. Oh, excuse me. 31 and 0. 31. All of 20, all of 20 years old. Exactly. Maximo Blanco, 8 and 1. But the Bantamweight, ISK Bantamweight champion, but also 30 years old. Just recently turned 30 years old this, this year, uh, a few months ago. Um, uh, this is what Paul Hennessy said. He's the ISK Europe president. He said he apologizes to Ryzen and Tenshin Asukawa for the sudden cancellation of Tenshin's match with Ahmed Faraji. So, I guess we can basically say that that whole thing was that he did pull out. And so, what Blanco said was, I am very happy and thankful for fighting in Japan. The fight that with Tenshin will be a fight to see who lands the bigger shots. We have a fight plan for movement and exchanges. We hope for a KO, but we'll do what it takes to hand the kid his first loss. I look forward to becoming and becoming a two-division champion and to take another belt back to my home, Argentina. And he also said, I am honored. I'm in great shape. I intend to make the most of this opportunity. And uh, let's see if they have anything from tension. Oh, no, the press release doesn't have anything from tension, as far as I can see. Um, he's probably upset that he has to fight a last notice. I mean, he he's probably upset that he, he has to fight yet again another late notice replacement for this rising call. Yeah. Also, sorry, just to give more um more um details on Blanco. Eight one and one with three KOs. And they say oh. Ryzen says he brings a high pace stri- brings high pace striking exchanges to the ring with flurry of punches and various kicks from all angles. This is apparently doing. This is going to be under rules where they don't allow low kicks, though. Apparently, uh, that's apparently ISKA rules. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's funny. ISKA featherweight world champion. Yeah. Uh, 
under the supposed unified rules of the Association of Boxing Commissions and Combative Sports. Yeah, sure, whatever. I, I, rules be damned or whatever. But um, basically, you know, I did see video of uh, Blanco. He's good. He's not tension good. Tension knocks him out, I think, in the first round. If tension slips and maybe breaks his leg, sure. I'm also considering this as this fight because it is also under almost a week's, less than a week's notice. I'm sure that maybe they were talking back and forth earlier, but even then, you know, the fight, I'm going by when this fight was officially announced. And this fight was officially announced earlier this morning. Well, earlier, earlier today. Um, I got the... So yeah, less than a week's notice. Not even less than a week's notice. More like six days' notice. So he's he's eight one and one. Fighting tension under a week's notice is thirty years old. I know he's a, a the ISK bantamweight champion, but sorry, he's not the guy to beat tension in my eyes. What do you think, Christian? Sorry, what was that? You said uh, you were saying bullet to the back of the head. Exactly, exactly. There's nothing really much. I have nothing else much more to say, and I think that basically, I think we'll basically see that happen uh, in that main event. Uh, but with that, Christian, I want to hand you over the the honor of uh, giving out all the social media and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we close it out with these plugs. If you want to check out more from this podcast, you can check us out on SoundCloud. Search for the We Are Rising podcast. That is We Are Rising. W E A R E R I Z E I, all in one word. 
also check us out on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter, actually, at... Damn it. We are Rise and Pod, right? Yep. Yeah, that is under the same letters with the word pod at the end, P-O-D. Obviously, all in one word. For focused fights, we cover all things as opposed to martial arts. The scenes of Japan, the U.S., the U.K., Russia, China, South Korea, <laughs> South America, wherever. <laughs> we cover it all. You can follow us all. I mean, you can follow Focus Fights on Twitter at Focus Fights. You can check them out on Facebook. Like them on Facebook. Facebook slash Focus Fights. F-O-C-U-S-F-I-G-H-T-S. Or you can search for us on YouTube and subscribe to our channel as well. And also, don't forget to plug the Discord. Don't forget to plug the Discord. Oh, and also, if you want to be a fan of us, if you want to check out our Discord, and also, by the way, MMA Opinion, I mean, you can also check out the MMA Opinion as well, facebook.com slash the MMA Opinion. But also, we do have a Discord account. We do have a Discord account. It's called the Rising FL Fans. No, it's called Rising FL Fans, and I'm pretty sure that we will send out a notification on Twitter later on this evening, May 27th, inviting you all to join us. And hopefully, if Andrew's not, I mean, if Andrew knows how to work in description on SoundCloud, we can also edit that into the SoundCloud description, right? Uh, yes, yes, I gotta do that as well. Um, yeah, but just make sure it's an invitation where it never expires, though, because I've seen Discord invitations that expire quickly. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And well, regarding uh, what content we have, we just recently uploaded the Tim S. Truth. You, was, uh, you, have, you have your Tim S. Truth interview for Focus Fights. We have the Real Horizon version as well, available on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and, and on YouTube. Uh, I also just uploaded the Kuhn interview to SoundCloud and Stitcher. And we will soon have the Topnoi Tiger Moithai interview. Um, and also, your interview with uh, Kana Hyatt is available right now on Focus Fights' uh, YouTube channel, right? Christian? Oh no. Uh yes, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm sorry. You didn't lose. You didn't lose me, man. Okay, good, good, good. No, I'm just saying that your kind of Hyatt interview is available. Kind of Hyatt interview is up on the Focus Fights YouTube channel and available on Facebook via the MMA Opinion. And uh, for MMA Sucker, which I contribute to regularly, I have some articles and videos from PFL, uh, the the most recent PFL shows that just happened. Queen interviews with Nathan Schultz, Chris Curtis, um, Rashid Magomedov, um, and I know one other fighter, but I think one other fighter, but I can't recall uh, their name. But uh, hopefully, we'll try to get some rising content on there as well that I can uh, write up uh, potentially. Oh, by the way, are you going to the PFL three show that's coming up next month? Uh yes, I think that's a June six, I believe. I I do believe my press credentials uh, should be okay for that. Um, oh, damn, then that's next week then, so we're going to be covering both Ryzen 16 and you're going to be covering PFL 3, so that's pretty damn impressive. 
Yeah, the great thing, the, the only thing between the difference is I'll be nice and awake for PFL while who knows if 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 Ryzen 16 winds up being all decisions, I might just be having to just break out the the, the extra strong coffee just in case. Yeah, I probably might have to stock up on a shit ton of sugar just to stay up. I mean, I'm not all that hyper, but damn, I'm going to need to be hyper if it's all the but uh with that we always appreciate the support and i'll i i'm going to pass this to you on uh this to you christian uh lenny hart has a very famous saying um regarding ryzen and something that we like to also say like that we also like to say while we are doing a po- doing the podcast it's also in our title what is it that lenny hart like to say christian That's what I thought. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. We thank y'all for enjoying this space. We are glad you are part of the Rising Fan Nation, and we are even thankful you've listened to us on the We Are Rising podcast. Talk to you later.